With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Made for This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis16 and use code MadeForThis16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. If you're following along with the Find Your People book club, this week we'll be reading chapter nine. And now here's Jenny. All right, guys, this is where the rubber hits the road this week because hopefully many of you already have your people. You are deepening those friendships and you're thinking about them in a different way, in a more deliberate way, and being more intentional. But what's going to happen if you live this way is that you're going to hit a point where you have conflict, where that person makes you absolutely annoyed or crazy or they hurt you. Or worse, there's a sever in your friendship and you don't know why or you don't know how to fix it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, that once you find those people, you got to realize all hell is going to come against that. Because if we're communal people and we're made in the image of God and God is a communal God, then the enemy hates healthy, strong relationships. They are the greatest mission that we have. They're building the greatest story and compelling argument for the gospel that we have. So there's nothing that the enemy hates more than are healthy, great relationships. And I think this matters so much to be aware that the enemy is going to come for your relationships because your posture is different if you realize that, like Ephesians says, we're not warring against flesh and blood. We're actually warring against principalities and dark cosmic forces. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what the Bible says. And so when we can view our relationships as something that is under attack rather than that person being the enemy, right? That that our unity is under attack because it's so powerful, because God can use it in such a beautiful way to reveal the gospel and to show elements of himself to the world if we're functioning in healthy, beautiful, right community. It's one reason if you follow me on Instagram, you will see me post to a point that I think probably some people find annoying a lot about my family, about my marriage, about my kids and our relationship being really strong and good, about my friendships being strong and good. It's because I want people to see healthy relationships are possible. I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to put a a new picture in the world that people don't often see of a healthy husband and wife that that don't hold each other back but propel each other forward, right? We, We love each other's gifts and we celebrate each other's gifts and we're not acting out of our fears in our relationship. We're actually acting out of our health and our love for each other and our love for God in how we relate. With my kids, they're not perfect. My gosh, and our marriage sure isn't either. And I'm honest about that. But I also celebrate that we really like each other and we enjoy being together and we have a really strong, full relationship. And I do that because I really believe most of the world is displaying the brokenness of relationships everywhere we go. If you watch any television, if you see any movies, you don't see usually health and thriving. You see bitterness and hurt and rejection. And so 
I, I have a deep conviction that you all know that it's possible to have healthy relationships in the world. It is. Now, those healthy relationships are not free of conflict. That's not what I would ever propose. In fact, I genuinely believe, as I've told you before, that conflict deepens relationships, that the more conflict that you work out in a friendship, the more you can trust that friend and believe that they're going to be there for a long, long time. So we don't need to fear conflict. We don't, we don't need to run from it. We need to lean into it and work through it and be people that aren't afraid to stay. When I worked on this chapter, I realized that this whole chapter probably should be a whole nother book, which I haven't written and I don't really plan to write, called Keep Your People. Because there's a sense of at this point is when it also can fall apart. You can do all the work that we've talked about up until now, and you can build those deeper relationships that are approximate in relationship to you and, and transparent and accountable. And all the things that we've talked about so far, being on mission together, you can have all that but who cares if a year from now that, that relationship implodes and you walk away from it and you have to start back over, right? You, the, the goal is longevity. The goal is that these would be relationships that you invest in and you keep for 5, 10, even 15 or more years. That is the dream. And many of you are thinking, no way, no how. This is not going to happen for me. Some of you are in the military. Some of you are you know, having to move often because of your work. And I would just say, that long-term relationships are possible. It's just how committed are you going to be to them and how much effort are you going to put into them? And and sometimes long distance can work. You can you can keep a friend. You know, I love the Brownie Girl Scout song. I know I've sang it for you before. Make new friends and keep the old. One is silver and the other is gold. That it's okay to have long-term relationships that you may not live near, but the goal is that you're you're pursuing them and continuing to have a relationship even, and especially after you go through conflict. So I have had to do this. I have had to weather a friendship recently, and I talk about in the book with my sister-in-law and one of my dearest friends, Ashley, where I heard her and then she brought it to me and everything in me got real guarded with her. And I, I didn't know, you know, we worked through the conflict and I would say we did it really well and she was so much better on the other side and I was really guarded and afraid that I was walking on eggshells. And what I realized through that was when I brought it to her, you know, this is hard for me. She was like, well, Jenny, now haven't I shown you that if I have a problem, I'm going to bring it to you? And all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That was super healthy that she said, hey, I was hurt by this and I just need you to know that because that shouldn't make me more afraid of that friend. That should actually bring great life and joy and peace in that friendship that I can trust that if something's really bothering her, she's going to tell me what it is and we're going to work through it together. And so we can't be afraid of this. There are a lot of reasons that friendships end. And, and I'm not saying that there's never a reason to end a friendship. In fact, there have been times where your friendships need, you know, they're not healthy any longer and you need a break and you need to possibly pull away from that friendship. And I would say, just be honest about that. Tell that friend. I know that's terrifying and scary, but we don't do that. We aren't direct enough. We don't say what has hurt us or why this friendship is no longer working. We just ghost people and we pull away. And some of you are like, gosh, it's a toxic friendship. It may blow up. I understand. But you know what? That to me is at least the grace to allow them to, to see how they have been hurtful, how this is no longer a helpful friendship for them. And maybe they could learn. Maybe they could grow from it. It's kind to do it that way. So let me walk through what I do in the book, which is four 
things to think about before you pursue conflict. Because definitely we don't want to bring every single issue to our friends that have hurt us, right? We've got to be people that are not easily offended. We've got to be people that that can let things go and not have our feelings hurt every other day. That is not what I'm talking about here. So let me talk through a few things that are helpful when you are thinking about healthy conflict. The first thing is assume the best. This is going to save you so much trouble in your relationships. Rather than imagining that they purposely left you out, that they have something against you, that they are easily offended by you, just stop and pause and assume, you know what? I trust that if they were offended or if they were frustrated with me, that they would bring it to me. And and don't just make something a big deal if it's not a big deal. Largely, I try to go through life and assume the best about people and relationships. There are so many times that I have heard someone is gossiping about me, someone is frustrated with me, and I just honestly let it go. I don't need to go rectify every single thing out there that is said about me or done behind my back. I just, you know what, I'm like, you know what, they're probably having a bad day, or maybe they just don't like me, and I can live with that, (laughs) and that's okay. Number two, keep short accounts. If it just is really bothering you and you can't let it go, then bring it to that person. Say, hey, have I done something that's hurt you? Or I've noticed you feel a little more distant lately. I just want to make sure you've just been busy and that there's nothing wrong between us. Because sometimes that quick little conversation can just put your mind at ease or it can reveal there is something you need to work out. And not everyone is going to be brave enough or convicted enough to bring it to you. And sometimes it just helps to check in and say, hey, are we doing okay? You know, this popped up in conversation actually yesterday when I was with my teammate Molly, who a lot of you guys probably know because she's answered a lot of your DMs and messages, but Molly was like, Chloe, we are doing HelloFresh right now because of the baby. She just had a baby not too long ago. And she was like, the meals are like something you're like, I, this sounds good, but will it be good? And every single time the meal is so good. And I was like, I know, I told you HelloFresh is so good. We have fun cooking with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis16 and use code MadeForThis16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So HelloFresh has chefs that really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon, pasta primavera, and you get to pick your favorites from like 50 different options on their app. It is totally customizable to you and your family. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about. So something that I love that's kind of new to HelloFresh is their Hello Custom offerings. So upgrade it for more uh, luxe experience and add protein to a veggie meal. They have a category called the Hall of Fame, which is like the meals that are some of the top rated, so delicious, easy to make, and you cannot go wrong with these Hall of Fame meals. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis16 and use code MadeForThis16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Number three, be quick to apologize. And what I mean by that is those words, I am sorry, I am sorry, and how can I make this right? Those simple phrases are so helpful. Take responsibility. So few people do this. When someone reaches out to you, it's really hard for them to do that. I can promise you. It's really a brave move. So listen well. Sometimes I'll repeat back, this is what I hear you saying. Is is that right? Is that how you feel? 
then I'll just say, I'm just so sorry. And even if I didn't mean to do it, guys, largely my blunders, I didn't mean to do. That's pretty typical for me that I would hurt someone and not mean to do it. So I will just own it as if it was the completely in my conscience that I had hurt them. And I will say, I am so sorry that I said blank or that I did blank and that that hurt you. And I want to be right with you. And will you please forgive me? I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And then is there anything else I can do to make this right? Is there anything else I can do to make this right? And there might be, there might be a conversation that you could have outside of the two of you. There might be something that you can do. Um, when I asked that question of my sister-in-law, she actually had an answer. She was like, this would help. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's great. It's actually super practical and helpful. The last thing I say in the book is just aim to be a peacemaker. Just whatever it takes. I love the verse in Romans that says, as much as it concerns you, as much as it depends on you, another version says, live at peace with all people. Let that be your goal. As much as it depends on you. You can't always control it. Sometimes you will do everything in your power to make something right, and they just don't want to make it right. And they have no aim to be at peace with you. And in that case, you got to be okay. You're like, I, as much as it concerns me, I did what I could. And I love that the that Paul, the writer of Romans, left room for there to be situations where we can't reconcile that. That just, that friendship is over. Like there's nothing else we can do on our end to make it right. But after you've had that conflict, assuming that that they do want to reconcile and that the two of you are better, I would say clock some time. Sometimes it just takes a few chances of being together, a few hours clocking time together till it feels normal and right again. And that's okay. And just stick with it. Don't just run. In fact, I would say, you know, I mentioned in an earlier episode that Ashley and Lindsay, two of my best friends that are mentioned several times throughout the book, they got in a fight after the book was done and they, you know, I mean, truly were about to walk away from the friendship and then they reconciled and then it took a while. It took like a few weeks of being together until they got used to each other again and just realized this is safe and and we're okay And, and that's okay. And I've done, had to do the same thing with people before too, because there really are times where there's real hurt and it doesn't just go away overnight, but you can choose to lean in and say, I don't want to lose you because those friendships that can weather conflict that you've done the work of building into and they're, they've been trustworthy in the past, I would say, do not just give up on those easily. Do not give up on those. And remember the enemy is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy everything good, everything that looks like God in our lives. And let's not give in easily. Let's clock the time. Let's spend the time together where we heal and where we can walk again together. And you know what? It will happen again. That's the thing. Because some people will go, well, what if it happens again? It will happen again. You will have conflict again, but you'll weather it better because you'll be better at it. And you saw that you got through it last time. Well, guys, it's season 10 of the Made for This podcast, and you will not want to miss a single episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the show too. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.